You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. God, today by your word and by your spirit, we pray that you would be building us up growing us and maturing us, and that you would make even more real to us your life and your resurrection and the promise of that that we have in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Truly God, he became truly man, two natures in one person. He was born of the Virgin Mary and lived among us, crucified, dead, and buried. He rose on the third day, ascended to heaven, and will come again in glory and judgment. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the place of the dead. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. These are part of our regular creedal statements, which we confess together on an almost weekly basis. I would start by drawing your attention even closer to the first one, the word made flesh, we say that Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. And then we say that he rose on the third day. But what happened in between? The Apostles' Creed rounds this out by helping us to see from Scripture that Jesus also descended to hell. Or, for us, a better understanding may be he descended to the place of the dead. This is important for us this morning because we have to be reminded that this death that Jesus died on Friday was real. It was a real death to begin with. And if it was not a, a true death, but instead some sort of trick thought up by God or by the disciples of Jesus, then he did not defeat death for you. A second reason why we confess this together is because it prepares us for the realness of resurrection that we're going to read about today and that Mavis has already read for us. It is easy to sit almost 2,000 years removed and think little of Jesus' death because really we know how the story ends. He gets up, preaches some more, and then we believe in him and, well, that's just about it. In John 19, 31-34, we get details about why they did not break Jesus' legs. Not only the very biblical reason of fulfilling a prophecy from Isaiah, but also because by stabbing into his side, we have a detail of the trueness of his death. And this is something that the Apostles' Creed does for us. It shows us the trueness and the realness of Jesus' physical death. A final reason why it is good and important for us to confess that Jesus descended to the place of the dead is because from 
everything that can be seen in biblical texts, Jesus does a sort of victory lap, proclaiming the good news to those who came before Jesus, that their faith was not put in the wrong place, and a victory lap to preach to those who have rejected the promises of God's salvation, to declare the righteousness mercifully given on account of Christ and the righteous and just judgment placed upon those who turn away from God's promise. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 to 19, we read this, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. Or in Ephesians 4, 9-10, In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions? He who descended is the one who also ascended, that is, went up far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. We could read from Psalm 16 or Acts chapter 2, verses 25 to 32. But really, uh, the most concise picture of it that I can give to you is from Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, he set it aside, nailing it to the cross. And by that, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. So sometimes I know that it can seem odd to say aloud together that Jesus descended to the place of the dead. But this is a comfort for you and for me. Friday we talked about the comfort of our sins being forgiven and removed from us. We also spoke of the comfort uh, of knowing that even the loneliness that we carry with us, in that we are not alone. Jesus has gone through it as well. And today I want you to be comforted by the guarantee of your resurrection from the dead because your Savior has risen. Oh, and by the way, he is risen indeed. Also, I want you to see the beauty of the resurrection in light of true death. You must understand that unless Jesus returns sooner rather than later, you will one day die. You may suffer. It may be painful. And yet, even in the act of dying, know that Jesus has already crossed that road. One Christian statement of faith says it like this, Why does the creed add, He descended into hell? The answer to that question is this, To assure me during attacks of deepest dread and temptation that Christ my Lord, by suffering unspeakable anguish, pain, and terror of the soul on the cross, but also earlier, has delivered me from hellish anguish and torment. It is exceedingly important for us to confess together, not only that Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried, it's important for us to say that he 
descended to the dead. He was truly and really dead. He experienced physical death just like each of us will. And it was through that that he conquered death. How can we know that he conquered death? Through his resurrection. Let's read from Matthew 28 again and walk through the text. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. Anytime an angel shows up, things get a little strange, and people are scared out of their wits, which is clearly shown by the Roman guards, who were probably used to scary situations. They most likely had a barbarian or two who had tried to beat them to death with a dull sword. But what is their response? <laughs> Quick, play dead! Maybe if we hold real still, he won't see us, right? verse 4 and for fear of him the guards trembled and became like dead men but then the angel sitting atop his rock he's he's claiming that rock there for himself he says to the women don't be afraid for i know that you seek jesus who was crucified he is not here he is risen as he said Come see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee, there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them, and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Jesus isn't going to leave the women guessing here. He did not send them back to the men who could have written it off as the women were swooning or they were exhausted and maybe a little overexcited. He came to them with proof for their own eyes and ears. And he preached a short but good word to them. Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Do not be afraid. This tells us that the angel was giving the message he was supposed to. He seems to quote Jesus word for word. Do not fear is the most often repeated message when someone comes into contact with God or one of his messengers. But on top of this good word shared by Jesus here is, is another one, and, and that is brothers. From where you or I are sitting, we know not just the failures of these brothers of Christ over the last three years, but also specific failures and abandonment over the last seven days. Yet Jesus says, tell my brothers I want them to meet me. And this is a very simple and yet beautiful foreshadowing. That is a, a picture pointing forward of the grace Jesus shows to Thomas and then most famously Peter. And Jesus finishes this command with, And they will see me. 
the man they claim to love and follow unto the end, and yet they left behind. They, they chose their safety and giving Jesus the lonely road. Those who chose not to see him, Jesus still invites them to come back into his presence. Into the presence of the one who they had lost faith in all of the sudden over the last day and a half. Jesus is letting these disciples know and, and telling them to spread the word that Jesus has not lost a single one that the Father has given to him, but instead he is again seeking them out when they try to stray away. Christian, do not fear. Jesus has passed through death for you. He has been raised for you and for your justification, Paul tells us. That is the one-time declaration that you are forgiven and saved and that your resurrection is guaranteed. It is a guaranteed promise on account of Christ's work for you. This week, as you expect to read the news and find death, you expect to be welcomed by a world of finger-pointing and finger-wagging and blame-shifting and scapegoating. You expect to mourn losses that this world brings to us and the ones that we love. But instead, this morning, for these uh, two women disciples that came to the grave, but also for you and for I who are reading these words this morning, Jesus meets you at that open grave and says, Do not be afraid. All the sickness and death and the whole dominion of evil over this world, I have reconciled all things to myself, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Jesus looks to you, his brothers and his sisters, and though you may have turned against him yesterday, he seeks you out and draws you back into his presence. And he says, you are forgiven. And he proves to you that he is the resurrection in the life. And to that, there's very little more that I can say other than may the name of of our Lord and Savior Jesus be praised forever and ever. Happy Resurrection Sunday, Anchored Baptist Church. I love you, I miss you, and I hope that this short message finds you well. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.